Greetings and felicitations, and a very happy Sunday morning to you. Welcome to St. Mark Lutheran Church in Bemidji's podcast, where it's always sunny somewhere, even if it's only shining inside of Elon Musk's space car. Today is a special day, Sunday. Today we once again have the privilege of having God draw near to us in His Word. The Sunday edition of this podcast features our sermon for the week. If you have time, I also encourage you to listen to the whole Sunday service. The Lutheran liturgy is flush with fantastic music and cues for memorizing parts of the Bible. This sermon was given in the last Sunday in the, in the season of Epiphany. Throughout Epiphany, we have seen that God must uncover for us the truths that could not be discovered by us. As this season ends, we are presented with a twist. For God's glory to be revealed, it actually must be covered. God's glory needed to be hidden in Christ. It is hidden in the gospel. This is how God enables sinful human beings to see his glory, and rather than turning away in fear, stare at it in wonder for as long as they want. The truth God uncovers for us today. When his glory is hidden, it is most on display. You can join us live every Sunday at 8 and 10.30 a.m. at 2220 Ann Street in Bemidji, Minnesota, and I hope you'll do so. If you're interested in learning more about our ministry, we have a couple of websites you may be interested in. Our church's homepage at www.stmarksbemidji.org and Sioux City's congregation at Grace Lutheran can be found at gracelutheransc.wordpress.com. And you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you missed all that, just take a glance at the show notes and the details of the podcast for those same links. And I also want to hear from you. If you have any feedback of any kind on the podcast, or you just want to say hi to me, drop me a line at john.kirk at stmarksbemidji.org. Our sermon for today is based upon a reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. We read, About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him, and went up on a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud, saying, This is my Son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves, and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. We now join Pastor Zanzo for the sermon. In the name of Christ Jesus, our transfigured Lord, amen. I want to reread the middle section out of the gospel lesson just so it's fresh in our minds. Starting at verse 32, Peter and his companions were very sleepy. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. 
As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. There's this scene of glory that is playing out. And what are the disciples doing? They're asleep. And to be fair, it was the middle of the night. I don't know, I don't know about you, but maybe it's because I've seen so many artists' depictions of the transfiguration. I guess I kind of always assumed it happened during the day. But maybe what those artists were trying to show in their paintings was the fact that Jesus was so bright. It looked like it was daytime. Regardless, the disciples are asleep. They're exhausted. They've hiked with Jesus all day to this point. And they're tired. Jesus had taken them specifically, His inner circle, Peter, John, and James, His closest friends, to be with Him on this day, at this moment, at this time, in this place. And He wanted them to be awake, to watch, to pay attention, to listen to everything that was about to happen. Yet we have sleepy disciples. And if you seasoned Christians, you seasoned Lutheran Christians are thinking of another time when Jesus' disciples were having a hard time staying awake, that's good. There are foreshadowings here of Gethsemane that night to come. And I can't help but wonder if on that night when Jesus was betrayed, I can't help but wonder if Peter, John, and James would have been prepared better to face that night of fear and betrayal and doubt if they had but listened better here. They come out of their stupor. They're startled awake. And what do they see? What have they been missing? Well, if you look at how this text begins in the Gospel, you'll see it says, after eight days, after Jesus said this, Jesus took Peter, John, and James. Well, after He said what? Jesus had given this cryptic statement, and I put it here in short. He said, whoever wants to be My disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow Me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. Jesus spoke to them about his own suffering and his own death and his own cross. And then he looked at his disciples and he says, you're going to pick up yours daily. And we have this weird thing going on here. Don't become complacent with it. This strange thing happening where Jesus speaks of a cross 
and he speaks of glory in the same sentence, in the same paragraph. What in the world do these things have anything to do with each other? Suffering, pain, death, humiliation, and glory? Jesus lets them stew on this for eight days. He lets them stew on this for eight days, lets it sink in, lets their brains process what in the world could He possibly be talking about. And He takes them to the Mount of Transfiguration. And as the disciples wake up from their slumber, what do they see? Jesus and Moses and Elijah in glory. The three of them in glory. Wrapped in the brightness of lightning. I mean, you've seen that. It's maybe a little ways off yet. But a summer storm, a thunderstorm at night where the lightning cracks just once for a split second and it looks like it's daytime. Yeah, imagine that for an extended period of time. As bright as a flash of lightning, that's what the disciples see as Jesus speaks with Moses and Elijah. Yeah, what are they talking about? What are they discussing? Here they are in glory, shining like the brightness of lightning, but Jesus, Moses, and Elijah are talking about the day when the sun goes black. There they are, wrapped in glory, shining with the brightness of Almighty God, Jesus, and two larger-than-life prophets from the Old Testament, and the only thing they want to talk about is Jesus' defeat at the hands of a pathetic Roman governor and some jealous Jewish leaders. This is what Jesus wants the disciples to hear. This is what He wants them to listen to. He wants them to understand cross and glory. But it's clear that Peter, John, and James wake up a bit late. And Peter kind of stumbles onto the scene here like a kid who just got woken up from sleeping in the middle of class. And he first says the first thing that comes into his very tired mind. Let's put up three shelters. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Oh, how selfless of Peter. He doesn't even want to put one up for himself. He just wants to put one up for those three. There's Peter giving advice to God. You've got to love Peter. Because he's so easy. It's so easy to see ourselves in him. Always quick to open his mouth as we so often are. So quick to assume that God wouldn't know what to do if we weren't there to tell Him what to do. If we weren't there to advise Him. We do that when we're wide awake. Not even half asleep. So often we are slow to listen. Slow to take things in. We'd rather talk. Even though we have no idea what we're talking about. Especially when it comes to things that only God can know and God can see. Wait a minute. Is what Peter says here so bad? 
I mean, he feels like he missed out on something a little bit, and he kind of wants this moment to last. This is the Jesus that Peter had wanted to see. Just a couple days earlier, Jesus talk, is talking about his own suffering and his death and his humiliation and his crucifixion and being betrayed and being handed over. Peter's like, no, I don't want to see that Jesus. I want to see the Jesus in power and glory. And here he is. Jesus want, uh, Peter wants to stay there. He wanted that moment to last. He wanted to cling to it. He wanted to remain in it. And that's just like us too, isn't it? We have those little moments, albeit we're not seeing Christ transfigured, but we have those moments where everything kind of lines up for us in life. Where everything seems to be alright with the world. Where everything seems to be in its place. We have those moments of where we're aware in our conscious consciousness of God's love specifically for you. As it was with Peter. God's finally given me what I want to see. Maybe you've experienced something as, uh, as much. Perhaps on your confirmation day. Or maybe at the baptism or birth of one of your children. Or maybe on your wedding day you had a feeling like that and you don't want to leave it. You're keenly aware that God loves you and everything seems to be alright with the world. And you don't want to leave it. And we easily would cry out with Peter, it's good to be here. Let's stay here. What's wrong with saying that? What's wrong with Peter's suggestion to the Lord to put up these shelters? Well, it's because like Peter, so often we miss the point. So often we're hard of hearing, asleep or not. The best way to worship God, as Peter is finding out, the best way to worship God is not speaking or wishing or doing. The best way to worship God is to listen. The best way to worship God is to listen and to hear what the Lord says. In Peter's immediate case in the transfiguration, there's Peter watching Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. It would have been a good idea for him to sit down and be quiet and to not open his mouth. As it is whenever God speaks to us or shows us something from His Word, it is for our benefit. It would be good to sit and listen and simply receive what it is He has come to give us. To simply listen. And the other thing to take note of here is that there is a lesson being taught that both Peter and us are slow to learn. And it has something to do with the timing of the transfiguration itself. Eight days beforehand, Jesus had spoken of His betrayal and His being handed over to death and suffering. And then He is transfigured. And when they come down the mountain, guess what He does again? 
He predicts his death a second time. And then we're on the road to Jerusalem. Jesus and his disciples are on their way there to do what he had said. You have this moment of glory that's sandwiched in between two predictions of suffering and death. You have this moment of glory that plays out before Jesus makes the final march and the final push on to Jerusalem. And the thing that we are so often slow to learn in life, along with Peter, and the reason why we want to stay in those moments of glory is because we fail to see this pattern. This pattern that Jesus shows us here. Suffering, glory, suffering, greater glory. That's not unique to Jesus. That's not unique to anybody else. That's life. It's a pattern that plays out in every single one of our lives, every single day, right here, right now. We know how our lives are so often a roller coaster, riding up and down. One moment we, we feel like we're flying high and we're never going to fall again. Strong, self-assured. And the next day we fall into deep despair. Wondering. Wondering about our problems seeing uh, uh, problems and issues and trials so great that we wonder if we're ever going to be able to pull out of the tailspin or if we're ever going to find a solution or if we're ever going to be able to smile again. This is life. And so we ponder the transfiguration of our Savior Jesus. We see this as true that we cannot stay on the mountain as Peter wanted to do. We cannot stay in those mountaintop moments in our life, we must go down. And what God shows us every single day is that our days of happiness and gladness and blessing are given to us by God to prepare us for the days of trial and sadness. So that in those times we might look back and remember it is God who always keeps His promises. The disciples get this vision of glory and they were there to listen and to pay attention, to see what was happening, so that in a short time, as they saw the same pattern playing out, when they came down from that mountain, they might not be so saddened and perplexed and overwhelmed when they're there at that night in the Garden of Gethsemane falling asleep again. Or when they're fleeing from Him as the soldiers arrest Him. Or as He's hanging on the cross suffering and dying. This transfiguration happened and they saw it so that they would better listen to Jesus when He said, I must suffer. I must die. And I will rise again. And this indeed is the point for us and for, our, uh, and for the disciples. That out of all the things happening on the mountain that day, what does God the Father, when He booms from heaven, what does He say? This is My Son whom I have chosen. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. 
And what a fitting end to it all. Let Peter try to give his two cents to God as he tries to figure out what's going on as we so often do. God gets the last word. And what does he say? Listen to Jesus. No matter what is going on. Be it in a moment of glory, in a mountaintop moment in your life, or in a moment of trial and suffering and pain and despair, listen to Jesus. If you want some understanding of who Almighty God is, listen to Jesus. Because He comes now not clothed in majesty and in glory, but as flesh and blood. He comes down that mountain, cloaks the glory again to suffer and to die, to show that He is one of us, not to destroy us, but to save us. And if you want to understand the ups and downs and the mountains, mountaintop moments of life and the ditches of life, listen to Jesus. He makes sense of our life by what happens to Him, by what He has done and what He promises us in His Word. As He brings both heaven and earth together in His cross. And again, what a perfect ending. When the glory fades away, when the cloud departs, and the voice from heaven is silent, and Moses and Elijah are gone, the disciples look up and they see only Jesus. Now there is no choice. Listen to Him. Listen to Him when He calls you off the, uh, off the mountain to walk with Him on the plain. When all is said and done, listen to Him and hear His Word. Hear His Word of forgiveness to you in the sacraments. Listen to Him and be comforted and forgiven for all the tears of the past. Listen to Him and be armed and ready against any despair or any sorrow in the future because of the hope that you have in heaven. Because we listen to Him. When you listen to Him, when you hear the voice of the Son of God, remember. Remember the vision of glory bright. And perk up your ears when in a few months we hear Jesus cry out from the cross, it is finished. Listen to Him. Listen to Jesus. Amen. We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. If you're listening to this podcast, you're cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. In addition to our traditional worship services, we will continue to create our podcasts and post video versions of our divine services. Links to a video version of our church services can be found on our website, www.stmarksbemidji.org. Our services will continue to be live-streamed at 8 a.m. Sunday mornings and are posted for later viewing if this time is inconvenient for you. If you have any questions or would like to hear more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again www.stmarksbemidji.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a positive review and telling a friend.